of the Ball Street Journal podcast. We apologize to all our listeners. This is this is very late. Uh, free agency is already 10 days old, but we've been moving. I've been moving. Nishan's been moving. Like, Saad's been traveling, and then we just couldn't align our schedules. But all three of us, but man, this is a new experience for us, guys. Like, a virtual pod, all three of us in different locations. How's it going? Not bad. I mean, Saad's usually virtual, as his boss would say. <laughs> Another honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that was wild. I can't believe. Oh my gosh. But Ajay has left my city and now gone on to. I'm in the producer city now. Yeah, now you're in the deucer city. And the deucer's not even in the city. How free is World traveler. Uh, World traveler. Mr. Worldwide, bro. But, oh man. Well, guys, I mean, we're doing this late, but I think we got to start this pod off by talking about the offseason. Um, you know, I think everyone's already kind of given their winners and losers, but we kind of have the advantage now of like really letting things digest. I think now the NBA news cycle is so fast. It's literally like the day after or like, like a couple of hours after a transaction happens, then people are like, oh my God, like, what is that contract? But then now we find out contract details, like, oh, there's a team option, a player option. Not all of it is guaranteed. We have those kind of details now. But, Sean, I want to start out with you, dude. So I think we should all, like, I wanted to each hit us on a team, like, that we thought, like, not necessarily won the offseason, but that you thought did well, and then one team that you didn't think did it did so well. So why don't we hit with our winners first? Deshaun, who do you think did it, had a pretty good offseason? So, uh, for me, I think it was, we, we talked about this a lot during, during when all the transactions were happening, but the most value deal, in my opinion, was the Austin Reeves deal. And that's from literally the Lakers scaring away any other team from offering this guy <laughs> a restrictive free agent uh, offer because they knew that they were going to match, which I thought was very stupid. I think it reminds me of like, you know, someone should have given the Alan Crabb kind of deal, you know, like when the Nets did, like just give up. The Sean Mark special. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Austin Reeves is obviously a great player, but for the, what did he get? Like, is it like four years, $54 million or something like that? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, that's way under what his value is going to be. He was the third best player on a team that went to the Western Conference Finals. And um, he's young and he's got a lot of time to grow. So I thought, you know, that transaction in itself made the Lakers offseason probably one of the better ones because they got to keep their core together, a core that it did well. They did have, you know, they, they flip-flopped some of their players. But I think what they did well was they started to do what LeBron needs, which is surround with good shooters. In doing so, they had to let a couple of guys walk that are maybe not lockdown shooters, and then they got Austin Reeves back. So my team, my team's got to be the Lakers. All right, Sal, so we come to you. Who do you think uh, had a good offseason? But don't say the Lakers now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I was leaning in that direction, and I think I think the main winner remains to be seen. I think if if the Heat can pull off the Damian Lillard trade. That would make them the biggest winners in my eyes, at least. But with with that being said, I would say the Phoenix Suns, given everything they've done outside of Bradley Beal, like they've been able to fill out their the rest of their roster with like solid guys. 
you got Eric Gordon that can come in and like play next to all these guys and not take up too much. Uh, you know, he's not gonna like ask for the ball. He's very, you know, very used to playing with stars, right? Like he did in LA and Houston. Um, and then just even some some of their minimum signings, right? Like. Who, who else did they, they got, got Robin, dude. They got Yuta Watanabe, the Robin yeah. to KD's Batman. Yes, yeah, 70%. I Watanabe, out, Gordon. I mean, they got all these, like, other guys. They got U, uh, Drew Eubanks, who I didn't think would be a minimum guy. They, I, I think, yeah, I mean, they came out and basically proved the doubters wrong, who were like, they're not going to be able to build a team with these three guys. And they did pretty well with just minimums. And and now Nishan is also saying that they were in the Damian Lillard <laughs> I don't know how. Ishbia, dude. Ishbia. <laughs> Nuts. But yeah, I would say, I would say uh, if the Heat can pull off Lillard, they would be above the Phoenix Suns. But for right now, I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, man. I, I was leaning towards the, the Suns, too. Um, just the fact that you got KD, Book, and Beal, and now you're stuck. You could put like Eric Gordon in the starting lineup, and then your center. You still got Aiton. I forgot about Aiton. This team still has Aiton, who they could trade and like get a couple of good players. So they kind of did well considering all they had was the minimums. Um, my team, I think I was going to say the Suns, but the other team that did well was the Mavs, right? I mean, they shamelessly tanked. Like, we have to say that. Like, they did that bullshit at the end of the year to prevent Nishan's Knicks. Knicks. Getting a team. Yeah, uh, preventing Nishan's Knicks from getting their pick. Uh, and then it's funny because they watched the playing team make yeah, the Yeah, and, and the other playing team made it Western Conference Finals, yeah. Well, worst of all and... is they traded back. So they, they got the pick that they literally traded back from the 10th pick. So it was even a bigger yeah. slap in the face because they tanked to get the 10th pick so the Knicks couldn't get it. And they traded back a pick that the Knicks would have gotten. So, I mean, shamelessly tank. And like you said, they, on draft night, it started out by dumping Bertans and his bad contract. And all it cost them was to move back two spots. And I think they got the guy they wanted anyways in Lively, who's like this like seven-foot center. They needed a, like some size because JaVale McGee was a huge flop last year. Dwight Powell's always injury-prone. They did that. They picked up Rashawn Holmes on draft night too, which I thought was a good move. Um, everyone's raving about that that other guy they drafted, like Omax Prosper or something. I don't really know about him, but everyone's giving the maps like an A for that pick. <laughs> and then they just uh, finished it up by getting Grant Williams, which I thought was a great move for them. He was like four for 54 was the contract, so like a little above the mid-level. So now they could start a lineup of Luca Kyrie, Grant Williams, uh Probably, I think Dwight Powell will still start. We didn't talk about the biggest thing, dude. They re-signed Kyrie to four years. What was it? One hundred twenty million, one hundred twenty-two million. No, 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 no. So, so the thing. Three years. Oh my god. (laughs) Well, they do have like, isn't it like six million of that is like incentives if he plays enough games or if they win enough games. So you could say Kyrie left some money on the table because they ain't gonna get those. (laughs) Exactly. So the reason this dude who requested his uh, trade from Saad's prior uh, team uh, was because the Nets offered a contract extension. They said, we'll give you the max, just play games. Like, they didn't want to guarantee all of it. And now this guy, I guess, yeah, like you said, he was okay with only everything guaranteed besides $6 million. And I think the rules are he has to play 65 games and... percent uh, some other the other percentage is... I think they got to win at least 50 games he gets the other bit. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's... 
two million per year, he's got to hit those benchmarks. But I, I mean, granted, for Kyrie, the fact that they didn't have to give him a five-year deal, I think is a win. This could only be a two-year deal if Kyrie's unhappy, which is highly likely. He has an opt-out for the third year. And we might think that no one's going to sign Kyrie, but we've clearly seen teams keep take a gamble on talent. So, um, and I think at the end of the day, it's a tradable contract still. I think our boy Windy, as he always says, the way he judges a contract is when you sign it, can you trade it? And I think Kyrie is tradable. So overall, like, yeah, they did a great job by tanking, converting those picks, picked up Lively and Holmes, Grant Williams, and then they also got uh, Kyrie back. The problem is the West is really loaded, but I think this is a better team on paper than last year. It is weird that uh, Rui Hachimura's salary and D'Ang- uh, D'Angelo Russell's salary adds up to Kyrie's salary. Now, why would you say that, son? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go all conspiracy theory well, here, and, but and, that and the fact that strange. I don't know if you saw um, D'Lo waived his no trade clause because apparently when you sign a two-year deal with a player option for the second year, you get veto rights, but he waived that right, which, I mean, clearly the Lakers must have asked him to do it, and I guess he probably did it because there's not better offers on the market anyways. So that also raised concern that, or not concern, suspicion that, you know, Lakers signed this contract to eventually trade him. Who knows? That'd be interesting for sure. But man, so we all picked a, a winner from the West, huh? Did not did not really like anyone from the East. I mean, I don't think the East really... I think the only team that really did a major or like really made facelift changes to their team would be the Indiana Pacers. I feel like they were out and about trying to make some moves. They made a trade with the Knicks. They got Toppin for essentially jack shit. Um, oh yeah, Nishan, what would you think about that? You think Toppin should have gone for more? Yeah, I mean, they, well... First, they announced that it was two second-round draft picks. Whatever, like, you know, obviously Toppin is not a, not, nothing to write home about, but he is a previous lottery player. And now we find out that it's, like, the worst of the two lottery picks. I mean, the, the two second-round picks. So it's going to end up being, like, I don't know, something like the 50th or the 40th pick. It's going to be no, nothing valuable. And so, I, I mean, I think the Knicks just want to get him off the team. He's a young guy, but he is an older rookie, you know, because he played three I think three years at, at Dayton before he came to the NBA and so I think they could have gotten more uh, I think he'll get a little bit more playing time but I think Indiana is uh, really the only one that I felt like was super active in the Eastern Conference from a free agency perspective everyone else was fairly quiet we'll see what happens with Philly we'll see what happens with um, Toronto Chicago obviously always a loser because they just keep resigning <laughs> these garbage players that don't really make sense together and as Jay says, if you can't trade them, stop signing them. But, but yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't think the East was weak. I think one team that was kind of interesting. Sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off, man. Um, um, but yeah, I think a team that was kind of interesting. It, maybe not. It, they didn't do the free agency thing, but they made a major trade to their team, the Celtics. Right? Like you're giving up the heart and soul uh, in Marcus Smart, and you're getting Kristaps Porzingis. Like who? Like. They really need Derek White to facilitate and, you know, pass the ball and kind of put everyone in place now because they don't really have that. Marcus Smart was their best passer, right? Um, so I don't know if I would necessarily call them a winner, but it is a very interesting trade that definitely shakes up their team in a major way. I think it makes them worse, to be honest, because 
what they needed to go do this offseason that we saw over the last two playoffs was that when it came down to crunch time, Jason and Jalen couldn't get the offense going. You know, they couldn't get the other guys involved enough, and it ended up becoming iso ball. And I mean, KP had his best season, and obviously he's talented if he can stay on the court. But I mean, Al Horford was doing a commendable job. He plays pretty good defense. He's a he's been a really great three point shooter. And then Robert Williams was obviously like, if he stays healthy, a really great defensive guy. And so now you plug in KP, which means that Horford is probably going to lose some minutes, or or Williams, and they traded away a, a guard. At least Smart was like a decent point guard, I would say. Like he wasn't the best passer or like the best facilitator, but he's pretty good. And now, you know, what do you have left? Um, I think they should have probably gone after a guard, like a point guard, is what I think they should have done. I think they'd be an interesting Chris Ball team mm. if the Warriors decide to trade for that or trade him because apparently he doesn't want to come <laughs> off the bench. I, I saw that <laughs> when he straight up was like, "Who me? Who you, me? You ever? No, it, I mean it was almost funny as when Melo was like, "Yo, Pete, they want me to come off the bench." <laughs> Who me? But but I mean he was straight up like, "You the coach?" Like, no, but I mean yeah, I, the Celtics. I think they basically. Smart and William Grant Williams' new contract equals KP's contract. Uh, they can't afford to keep all of them because Jalen's about to get the supermax, and then Jason next year. And yo, if if Brogdon gets hurt, and apparently that injury was serious enough to nix that first trade, you know they're they're short on guards. But I guess their thing is Robert Williams is always hurt. Al Horford is like old. Yeah, old. we needed another big. So this is the way they chose to go, but I don't I don't think they're done. I mean, now they have some extra picks because they picked up first rounders in the Marcus Smart trade. They got some second rounders in the Grant Williams trade. So they they probably they'll make a midseason trade to add someone. Someone will be selling like like Sot said. Maybe they give up one of those first rounders for a Chris Paul um, to run the team. Who knows? They should have kept Reggie Bullock too, man. I don't know why they just shipped him off to San Antonio. He's a versatile defender and they lost two of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Dallas just was like, again, they probably are looking at their cap sheet and they're like, we can't keep Bullock too. So they're like, all right, San San Antonio is like a a dumping ground. They took on like Cavs players, Osmond, and they kind of just used their cap space that way. Yeah, I mean, they're doing what Detroit's been doing the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Detroit would have been a perfect Austin Reeves uh, max yeah. offer sheet team. I, I think a lot of teams, even if like, it wasn't a max, uh, the thing is the Lakers, the max that they could give him was the four for 56. I'm surprised someone just didn't go to like four for 70. Not, you don't have to even go all the way to 100, uh, four for 80. But like you guys said, I think it's the threat of knowing that the Lakers will match. And it's like, why tie up the cap space? So. Y'all already know my theory on that. I've, I've texted you guys. It's group. not safe for work, so we can't say. <laughs> I won't share my theory. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think we hit on some teams that we liked. And, um, Nishan, you already told, told us about a team that you didn't like their offseason. That's the Celtics. Um, but one team I kind of wanted to hit on was, in terms of team that I didn't like, was the Raptors. Um, I just... I mean, Masai, I think everyone in the media raves about Masai and how he's a genius. And I think that he's had, he has a track record of it. But I just don't understand how they keep letting talent walk out the door for nothing. When in today's age, 
it's always like everyone signs extensions. And if they don't sign an extension, you trade them beforehand because you kind of have an idea that they want to not be there. And like we saw Kyle Lowry leave. Well, I, never mind. Sorry. They got Precious Achuba for that uh, and a pick. But letting Fred Van Vliet go for nothing uh, when we don't really see like free agents leave like that now and they didn't get a sign and trade out of it. I didn't really understand that. Like, I, why didn't they trade Fred at the trade deadline? They could have got something back for him then. And then they signed Jakob Pertl to four years, $80 million. And well, they yeah, signed him before, s- right? They signed him before Fred Van Vliet left, technically. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying as a combined offseason, like, I'm just trying to understand what's their direction. Because, I mean, centers don't really get paid that much these days unless you're Jokic or Embiid. <laughs> and you have that level of skill set. And that's not Pirtle. Like, he's a good center, but is he a $20 million a year center? I don't know about that. And then now they have looming decisions like Siakam. He's going to be a free agent next year. They haven't signed him to an extension. He is extension eligible. And I think Ananobi is too. So it's really like, what direction are the Raptors going to go? Uh, I They have all these wings now, <laughs> like, but they don't have a really a, any point guard. They have Ananobi, Siakam, Scotty Barnes. They have three really good wings and Pirtle. I guess that could be a decent team, but I don't really see where that that's going to be in the East. That's good, almost the same as last year, basically. If not, is that worse. where that's where Pat Beverly ended up signing, right? So no, he's with the Sixers. Oh, so oh Schroeder, Schroeder, sorry, Schroeder, Schroeder's their point guard. Yeah, and I think Schroeder. I mean, he was good for the Lakers last year, but he was like a really good deal on a minimum. But now he's a thirteen million dollar a year player, and that that brings on different expectations. He- He's a win-now player, and and like you said, I really don't know what they're doing, but they should just rip a page out of the Sixers' <laughs> book and start the process. I'm not saying to trade Scotty Barnes, like, just build around Scotty Barnes, just acquire assets, take salary dumps and whatnot. I, yeah, you're right. They they are a clear loser because they, they have no direction. Yeah, but, um, I mean, we'll see what happens with Siakam now and Ananobi. But Saad, who's who's offseason did you not like? Alright. This is I know this is one that's been talked about, but the Clippers, bro. Not only because of who they lost, but who they're trying to acquire. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Your most hated player. <laughs> I hate James Harden, bro. And the fact that they're talking about trading away like like relatively good assets, like pretty much their entire wing depth. <laughs> Norman Powell, Robert Covington, uh, Terrence Mann, Boston, all these people for James Harden, Batman, bro. I hate that guy, bro. Like, they're about to enter this new stadium and your two best players barely play games. They're like, what, 40 games a season average? Right? And, yo, it... They really have to figure out, like, if they're in the Dame situation, like, are they going to give up Paul George? What does that mean for their team? Like, I, I just feel like there's a lot of question marks, and, you know, the, the the pieces that are on the table, the options that are out there, like, they would have been a perfect Fred Van Vliet team mm, to me. If they did a sign-and-trade or something, yeah. Or Chris Paul. I know they were talking about, you know, Chris Paul going there or whatever, but, like... Dude, the two guys that you're going after, I mean, Dame would be perfect there. Don't don't get it twisted. <laughs> well, they got um, Westbrook on on eight million, he, so they got a point guard already. Stop that! 
<laughs> I mean, he was the only guy playing in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Westbrook you're does right, play. Right. <laughs> and and he, he did sign to a relatively good deal, which is I, which yes. is fine. But they also lost Eric Gordon and can you imagine that abomination? Can you imagine that abomination at the trade deadline? They give away what was it, two, two first round picks, two second round picks, whatever. They give away assets to get Eric Gordon because they want to make a run yeah. for the playoffs. Neither of their stars play. They don't make it very far in the playoffs, and then they let Eric Gordon walk. Like what a fucking joke! <laughs> well, yeah, I think it was like a pick swap rate, and that pick became uh, Cam Whitmore for the Rockets in that what trade, a joke. basically. But I, I, I mean, I think their offseason's not done yet, right, Todd? Because Paul George and Kawhi are eligible for extensions, so, yeah. I would not sign both of them, bro. I would, I would do a pay-as-you-go type situation, like a, like a Zion or Joel Embiid type contract where they have to play a certain certainly, number of games. Certainly Kawhi needs that. I, I think Paul George, he's also missed a lot of time, but like, Mostly because of injury. It's not like, I feel like he yeah. load manages way less than you know, Kawhi. Kawhi's <laughs> like, oh, I got stuck in traffic. I'm going to be out for the next five games. Sorry. <laughs> I sat too long in my chair. I'm, I'm running away play. from San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this the Clippers, they're only interested in Harden because they're kind of stuck. And it's like, are we just going to run it back one more time? But it's hard, right? I mean, they, they thought their window was now. And then now, like, the Nuggets have clearly passed them by. And it's like, I think every team is chasing Denver. And it's like, what do we got to do to beat Denver? Like, can we just run it back? And most teams are like, no. I think that's why the feed, like the Suns went and got Beal. Uh, we saw, like, the Clippers trying to get Arden. I mean, the uh, Lakers had to change it up, too. They couldn't bring back the exact team. Uh, and all these teams that, say, Miami, basically any team that Denver beat, Miami, like they're trying to get Dame. They saw how good that team is. We didn't even talk about Denver yet, who probably had a bad off season because they like lost. They yeah, lost definitely. Bruce Brown and Jeff Green, so they lost two rotation guys. And they yeah, Reggie exactly. Jackson, who didn't even play. And their only move was to bring back Reggie Jackson. So maybe they're just hoping on the fact that their rookies from last year, like Christian Brown and Peyton Watson, take even a bigger role now, and their rookies from this year and just continue bank to bank on Jokic, Murray and Porter and, and Gordon and hoping that whoever's the fifth guy, like they'll just plug and play. I agree, man. I, I hope the Nuggets are able to, you know, like they're the only team that didn't really upgrade like that. You know, everyone else in the West outside of the Clippers, that's like trying to be competitive. I feel like got, significantly better right we talked about all of our winners were from the west and i feel like everyone's loading up hey don't say loading and, up you know all right because <laughs> our guy john moran might get triggered and i don't, I don't know if they had a great offseason <laughs> oh yeah what, what did you guys think well they signed yeah, yeah, yeah. the rose hopefully, hopefully he'll set he'll set him straight after his whatever 25 game suspension <laughs> What did you guys think about what the, what the Grizzlies did, actually? Like, bringing in Smart, and I guess now they have... Rose is not going to do anything, but I think their big offseason addition is Smart, especially till Who is out? Um, Dylan Brooks. Morant. Morant. Yeah, they lost Brooks. <laughs> Wait. 
trading trading Marcus Smart for Dylan Brooks, like Dylan Brooks is the defender. He thinks he's Marcus Smart. Basically. <laughs> he talks like he's Marcus Smart. So I think from that perspective, like it's a, it's a net positive, <laughs> a slight net positive. I, I did want to ask though, because we some of these off seasons we've already seen extensions. Were you guys surprised Bane got like the max, like the five for two hundred seven? I no thought choice. that was going to be. I thought only Edwards and Lamelo were going to get that Ant Man and Lamelo, but I'm surprised Bane got that one too. They had no choice, man. Like. You know, Bane has been the steady hand whenever he's on the court. He's he, he does what he's got to do. Should have probably won most improved last year. Knockdown shooter. Plays hard on defense. He's like, if anything, with the very variability that is John Morant. Like, I think he's a, he's a steady arm on that team. And I think they needed to reward him for that. I, I agree, man. I agree. He's a, he's a good dude. And... He definitely brings like a sense of calmness to that locker room. But I mean, I, I think going through all these teams, they've all like had some changes, and it's really just going up and down the West and the East. It's not off season's not even done yet, but I'm like kind of already ready to see how these teams are going to play out on paper. But yo, can we can we talk about how Britney Spears like screwed up <laughs> my man Wembenyama? His first, his summer league debut, she she cast some like spell Yo, on this guy. Where all he was the Britney stands, man, they were coming after. Him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I just want to talk about on the Hoop Collective when Ben McMahon made that "Oops, I did it again" reference. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> that was peak, peak, peak Tim McMahon. Oh man, but <laughs> Yo, big so we kind of hit about these off seasons, but I think one thing we guys talk about. Uh, new edition. The regular season's not going to be the same anymore. You guys see the in-season tournament? They finally announced what it's going to be. What are you guys' thoughts on it? Is this, this going to like? Are you going to be up for this in-season tournament? Did it excite you the way it was structured? So just to lay it out for those who don't didn't oh, yeah. watch the release. Um, so the in-season tournament is going to start in November. Finals I think are like December 9th or something. In um, Vegas, yeah. In Vegas, it's going to all the teams got split up into six uh, six. I guess groups, each group has five teams, three West groups, three East groups. These games will take place on Tuesdays and Fridays, I think, or maybe Tuesdays and Saturdays. Yeah, you're right. Tuesdays and Fridays. Yeah, yeah so Tuesdays and Fridays. For In the beginning, they'll play in the groups. Each team will play each other once. The best team in each group, so that'll be six teams, will make it to the next round. And then there'll be two wildcard teams, which are... Uh, the best records, the be- second, like you know, the second best teams in each division. Whoever has the best record out of the, the two best records out of that will make it out. Um, it's weird. Uh, oh, and then then the then they'll play the last two rounds, so the uh, semifinals and the finals in Vegas, which is kind of cool. But it, the thing that's weird about this is it was supposed to be a mid-season tournament, trying to like beef up the dog days of basketball. You know, like that lull weeks before the all-star break i feel like that's what they've been talking about for years is like that's what they want to do and now this is like kind of in the very beginning of the season and like i feel like teams are already trying at that point the reward is like five hundred thousand dollars per player for the winning team and two hundred thousand dollars per player for the second second leading team so like i don't know i feel like it's kind of a soft launch um i know that they probably have to do it this way because of scheduling because now all of the you know a lot of these games count towards regular season games and then they gotta figure out like how they're gonna adjust the schedule based on what teams have played who but i don't know i'm, I'm pretty unimpressed that it's like 
the third week of the season, like starts starts our fourth week of the season starts this in-season tournament and that there's not really a good reward that I think is going to be like interesting to the players besides money of course the minimum players are going to want that but the superstars I mean they, they'll sit out they don't really care um, and then more importantly I don't think it's interesting to the fans like who cares at least right yeah. now yeah I think it's I think it's setting up for something bigger you know they're doing it in Vegas that's a potential expansion city um there there's talks about them you know the the winners playing some international league right the something like that i i i think it's in its very early stages and you know the nba is very meticulous in how they do things and so right now it, it looks very unimpressive and there's very little motivation for players especially superstars to you know perform and you know, even show up like they can load manage, quote <laughs> yeah. unquote. Um, but I think, I think as it grows, well, let me not say the NBA is like super meticulous because they screwed up the All Star game like so badly. <laughs> All Star weekend is so trash. It's because no one, um, no one cares. But I, yeah. I, I think <laughs> exactly. So I, I think they're trying out a few things and like. In the beginning of the season, it's kind of like football is on, baseball playoffs, like things are things are going on and there's not as much attention on the NBA. I feel like this is a way where you can, if you, if you like figure out proper incentives somehow, some way, I, I know there's a lot of ideas being thrown out there, like an extra first round pick, like that doesn't make any sense, but you know, home court advantage, I, I don't know. Um, but I think... I think the tournament aspect of it is cool. It's because it's like March Madness in the sense, but it has, <laughs> it needs a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, we we just don't know. How, it's too early to tell how this is going to even work. Um, we just have to see. Like, is it like Nishan said? It's Tuesdays and Fridays. The other days, are they playing like regular season games? I'm technically they they said all of these count to your regular season record. And, but it's like you knock out other regular season games in between, like that Friday and the next Tuesday. It has um, to be because otherwise the season right? goes yeah. so long. Exactly. And right now there's no prestige. And I know the final two teams, the final two teams have an 83rd game, right? Or, something or it's like, like that? the last, the semis and the final doesn't count towards your regular season record, something yeah, like I think that. The Vegas, the Vegas games don't count. So yeah, because they're not technically and, home or away. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like, the fact that this has been rolled out, uh, you know, they probably have talked to the TV guys, they probably have talked to the arena people, schedule makers to, to incorporate this. I'm sure this has been, like, years, at least two, three years in the making, um, if it's ready to be rolled out now. I think the biggest thing is, like, it, right, it, the tournament doesn't carry any prestige of, like, winning, so why would guys try? I mean, the winners get a 500000 uh extra, which... Doesn't really matter to your max players, but I guess the minimum guys will try because if you're only making a, like a million, I mean, I'm saying only a million, but in NBA terms, so an extra 500,000 is like you're adding like 50% to your salary. Like that could be huge. Bro, I want to see you guys play one on one. You got to fund it then, son. <laughs> yo, yo, that's. That's an in-season tournament that I want to see. <laughs> Best of seven series, one-on-one tw- uh, to 21. I want to see this. 
but I mean, I mean, it probably guys, get as, you know, probably get, that that kind of game would probably get as much excitement as this in season tournament is giving me. So <laughs> the in season tournament. Yo, oh, I, I have never seen Ajay be so spicy on a group te- uh, group tag text ever in my life. <laughs> this guy, oh my gosh, bro! It, it's he was like, what do you say? Like I lost track of my W's. I was like, oh. What can I say, man? The summer heat is getting to me. <laughs> the heat wave. Nuts. Nuts. So for context, guys, uh, to our listeners, um, I, I don't know. I made some running joke about uh, basketball and guarding Ajay. And Nishant goes, yo, you know who taught him how to play basketball, right? <laughs> And, and, you know, hours go by, you know, we laugh, whatever, hours go by, and then Ajay comes out of nowhere and replies to that one text and is like, yo, Nishad, you did not teach me how to play basketball. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, what is happening right now? Who is the, where is the nice, sweet Ajay that I've known for so long, bro? Oh, man. I guess Nishab is the one guy that can get under your skin. <laughs> As they say. That, that's the specialty. He's the Marcus Smart. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit, man. So for that, so for that, bro, the next time you guys are both home, I'm going to IG live a one-on-one game. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Just make, make sure Jaw's not around. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll keep all guns off the premises, uh, so Sandeep, Sandeep won't be able to join us because of his arm. <laughs> I love it. Nice, oh, man. That, that, was, that was hilarious. But man, alright, how long were we at this pod? Alright, it's not too much work for the producer, 30, 35 minutes? That's easy work for him. Yeah, under 35, I think, you know, that, that's our <laughs> Where we get minimal pushback from this guy. <laughs> well, now we man, truly I, are in like the dog days of the summer. I mean, I don't think any major. We're just sitting here waiting for him. And James happen. Harden, yeah. And James Harden, yeah. We're just sitting here. James Harden isn't moving <laughs> anywhere, bro. This guy is eating donuts and. Yo, Saad, you saw him at the white party, bro. He he was chilling with the Sixers uh, and Michael Rubin. He looked pretty happy there. <laughs> that. That's what I'm saying. He's not moving anywhere, bro. He's too lazy to leave Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we thought he might go back to Houston? <laughs> Houston was like, "F that, we don't want this guy, bro." Did he really try to pull? A- I think it was so obvious now that it was just the James Harden camp using that as leverage the whole time to get a max deal, and that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> bro, even from his boy Maury, man, Maury was like, "I'm not giving you a max." There's not no only way. that. Apparently, he was like, "I'm not discussing this uh, like a deal with you before free agency starts because of the tampering charges." <laughs> like, that's cold, bro. Like, who follows tampering like rules nowadays? <laughs> and Maury pulled that card on him. <laughs> well, they got penalized, right? Jeez, so, man. yeah, yeah. I mean, last year they did, but I mean that really doesn't usually stop people. <laughs> well, this is a good pod, guys. I mean. We'll see what happens. If a Harden or Dame trade happens, we'll hop on, do an emergency pod if we can. But, man, this is good catching up, guys. All right, yo. For sure. All right, until next time. I want to give a shout-out to our producer, Sandeep. 
Without him, this podcast would not be possible. If you want to get the latest news on the podcast and to support us, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BSJPod. You can also find all our episodes uploaded onto our website at www.bsjpod.com. Thanks for tuning in.